Hello and welcome to Quantum, uh, one of the many podcasts Fair has. Uh, today we're interviewing Mo Danish. Uh, he's known uh, among the people that know him as the micro startup guy. If you uh, you know if you follow him on Twitter, he's done a ton of startups, some successful, some uh, some not as successful. But the thing is, he goes through them so quickly. So the way I actually found out about him is on Twitter. Uh, you know, he he came, was discussing something with someone, and he was going to start a company. I think it was called MicroInvest, which is basically to allow people to give small investments into startups. And he said, you know, he's going to actually pursue it. And when I saw that, I thought, okay, this is cool. Let's follow him. It's going to take him, you know, a few months or, uh, you know, a while to actually get through this. But then I think less than a week later, I saw I see a tweet from him that, oh, I finished it. And uh, then when I reach out to him, he's like, oh, I already sold it. Uh, so, you know, he's really like about as fast paced as it gets uh, within the startup space. But Mo, uh, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Maybe give a different perspective, what your background is? So, yeah. Hi, everyone. And thanks, Alison, for like, inviting me over here. And this could be like, you know, my first live streaming and having a chat. So uh, my name is Mohammad Danish and I'm from India. And I'm working on a company called NoCode API. And uh, I'm working full time on that business. So that's a SaaS business uh, depend on the APIs thing that connecting APIs. And uh, I have uh, makers uh, like, you know, uh, quality that uh, I build a lot of product and it's still I'm working on full time. So on the weekends, I like, I pick some ideas from my books. Okay, yeah, this is kind of something good that let's build on the weekends. And uh, so this is how I do, like I build uh, uh, products. I convert ideas into the products. So as Alison is talking about this micro invest, so I was not going to build that idea, but I just share that other people will build because I don't have time to work on uh, new ideas. So when I tweet about that idea, so people were you know, liking the idea, I got good response on that. So I don't know what happened to me. And I just announced that now I'm going to build this product on Twitter itself. So I got a pressure that, oh yeah, I have to launch it, it launch this product after two days on Sunday. So I announced that I'm going to launch this product on ProductCon on Sunday. So I have to work on the idea of basic MVP with my predefined tools, uh, Airtable, and with my basic React knowledge. So finally, I built the MVP in, in one day and set up uh, make the videos and prepare for launch. And I just launched that Protocon, Protocon at, as I promised, because I don't want to lose my you know, commitment in front of you know, on the, on the social network to tell the OA. He just said that I'm going to build it, but so I had a, a huge pressure a whole night. I built, I spent whole nights to build that. So finally I launched that product. People love the idea, simplicity. They just logged in and uh, I got around 30 submission for the startup who's are looking for the investor. So that's really good. And uh, I feel uh, too much pressure that uh, what I build because this is something big and need more time to work on. That's I don't want to do that. So I just decided to sell the product to someone else that you can run this further because I'm not good with this investing thing. So I decided to sell. Uh, I got to uh, acquisition offer in my Twitter DM and one investor was really happy, you know, was excited to uh, get it acquired. So I sold the product in on third day. So this is all uh, about that idea. 
Yeah, that's uh, you know, like like we talk about like startups being super fast when they manage something, you know, go from you know starting to being acquired in like two to three years. For you, it's two to three days. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned uh, you know in our conversation earlier, you know, through Twitter that you know one of the things you strongly believe in is getting an MVP out within a week. So, how did you come to having that view? Because oftentimes when you you know talk to people about MVPs. The, the timelines are, you know, relatively short, but many startups spend, for example, you know, a month, two months on their actual MVP, as opposed to just getting it out in a week. So I was kind of wondering how you came to really be a big proponent of the one week MVP. So like uh, if I'm talking to build an MVP in a week, it uh, uh, it's not about, uh, because I have a good experience. I'm building products since uh, three to four years. So. For me, it's easy. So I can build MVP now in two days. It's just basic version. It depends on the product, what kind of features you have. So uh, so my uh, thought process is uh, matching with the indie hackers who are solo founders, not a big companies. So uh, so I would only suggest just come up with the basic features about the product. As I came up with the micro-invest, that in that product is just a bridge between investors and founder. There is no only single page with some landing titles and just user login and people submitting with Airtable form to validate the idea. So this is the only motto that anyone can build, you know, any some of this. Uh, so what I'm observing, like seeing the people only focusing like full-fledged system. They thought, okay, if, if, if I'm building on a social networking, so they should have a messaging feature, they should have an ad frame, they should have a, a lot of features. Because why are you building it? If you are building something different, just focus on that different feature first. If that works out, then you can like do that. So in the market, there are lots of tools available for free and like like Airtable, Netlify for hosting your service, uh, web, web pages and Firebase for authentication. So uh, they are really handy and there are lots of local tools available, also available like Webflow, Adolo, Bubble. So you can quickly figure out how to can how to make uh, MVP. There are lots of tutorials on the YouTube. So I think rather than building full flash system, just come up with a something simple and you know dirty, uh, not you know I mean not dirty, not much better. Focus on UX. Just come up the features that is works. Mm. So really, it kind of sounds like you're really boiling down the meaning of like minimum viable product back to what it's uh, kind of supposed to be. So, on, you know, on that side, uh, you, you see that, you know, you, you very much talk about kind of what you described, some would call a technical demo. So when you look at it this way, do you have the, you know, do you look at the biz dev as like a separate thing from the demo? Because for some part of the MVP is having that technical, you know, not just a technical implementation, but also having, for example, with the micro invest, making sure all the legal side of it and all of that, uh, is already ready. So for you, you know, when you talk about the MVP, it is very much focused on just the technical side, or if it was more, you know, like with, for example, micro-invest, if you had those extra five days, you would also you know, aim to have all the legal parts uh, sorted out. Uh, with yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is a really good question that uh, uh, when you got valid the idea, so you start adding new features. So uh, the next step would be uh, on uh, the buyer. I told him to 
uh, do these things because it's, it's already validated and now on that micro invest is around more than 80 uh, products submitted and uh, 15 investors came up so uh, now they can build it now they can build proper channel um, proper guidance for founders as well as for investors as well as that how you can submit your product in better way make the youtube videos and make the uh, proper channel what could be you know some blogs about these on investing how to do investment so this is like a later part now now they can do it so if mm -hmm. if you keep if you build all these things in the starting so that's really time consuming and when you you have a good response and product is working and product is making some money so you can invest back into the product so this is 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 risk free and it's better according to me i'm i'm just i'm just uh, doing all these things since the years i'm i don't have much experience so yeah mm -hmm. So, you know, this clearly kind of shows the pattern of, you know, you said you've done 11 micro startups uh, since 2019 in your Twitter bio. So, you know, for, for some people who may not know, what actually is a micro startup? So, like, uh, a micro startup is like, uh, that does not require too much tech stack, too much, not too much, you know, uh, time. And... Uh, build the micro startup and grow for a, a private, you know, a big companies that I started no code API as a side project. And I, uh, I run that report, uh, as you know, on my uh, personal account, I was getting subscription amount on my personal account in, uh, for next three months to validate that. So I have not registered a company in, in starting. So when I feel that product is validated, so I registered a company after three months in India. And after seven, eight months, I feel that I have to start back this company into Singapore because I was getting money flow in my account. So I was investing back into the company. So this is, uh, this is how micro startup, you know, is become big companies. Mm -hmm. Every product, every company is started as a micro. So we have to think micro. We don't have to think big. Like, okay, if I want to build a Facebook, so I won't have to uh, focus. Like we don't have to think like a Facebook. Everything like like a micro, okay, just micro, 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 and focus on micro stuff, micro management. These micro management becomes a big management things. Hmm. So you know, when you describe kind of a micro startup, it sounds a lot like basically how a lot of people approach like bootstrapping companies. So would you say micro startups are quite synonymous with going the bootstrapped way, or is there you know are micro startups something that's quite prone to? Uh, going after uh, VC capital or angel capital, uh, just you know, quite quickly. Yeah, like if if you if you wants to go big, then uh, after a on a, on a particular stage, you you automatically feel that oh yeah, I can't do this alone, and this product is no more good stuff, and you need lot of you know guidance, lots of supports. Now no code API, I'm feeling about no code API that no code API need a lot of you know, is no more good stuff. So you will automatically, you know, feel that way. So it's not, you know, predefined thing. Like, all right, all right. So you know, for me personally, I, I always look at kind of as a failed business as like a great learning opportunity. And you know, I have gone through quite a few, but uh, obviously that hasn't been, you know, in the past two years. So I think with, you know, with that accelerated pace, that really gives you a lot of opportunity to narrow down. Okay, what you know, the mistakes you make, and then correct them in the next business. So. If you were to kind of try to boil down like the three biggest lessons you got from those seven uh, failed startups, 
that you went through over the past uh, two years, actually. Uh, what, what would you say those would be? So like uh, when I start building my, when I launched my first product on Product Hunt, I was new on Product Hunt. And uh, uh, I, I had uh, zero followers on Product Hunt. After that, I asked, my product got number one with 1100 upvote on a one day. So uh, I learned that one lesson that it does not matter if you have followers or not, you can, if your product is good, so you can go big. Mm-hmm. And I learn, I, I see that when I build another other products and those people are liking it, they're not, they see a little, I see little, you know, engagement, but they are not useful for other users. So I just, you know, uh, bycard, bycard them. I have no emotional feeling with an attachment with the product. If it's not working, just like ignore that and build something new. So I would suggest do not get emotionally attached with your product. And uh, I see that the keep, you know, if you launch something and if uh, if it's not working out, so just, just give it time for one week, uh, try something new with the product. If it's not working, give at least three months, yeah, two months. If you believe that this is going to be good product, but uh, in first month is not going good, just at least try three months with that product to like convince mm-hmm. to users, talk to the users. And after three months, they're still not feeling, you know, not using it. So you have to move on. So these are the things I, you know, I learned. And yeah, I think if someone is solo founder who is have a lot of idea, so I would suggest you build one idea, make it on level R, so also start another idea in a parallel. So, you know, you can, whatever you're learning from first idea, you implement with second idea and use the same step tag instead. So I got a lot of questions like DMs and what tag stack do you use? So I always suggest use the tag stack you know better. Do not follow other tag stack. So if you know PHP, you can do uh, all the project with the PHP. It does not require React to build that idea. So these are all the things. I always follow same stack from all, in all my project. And uh, if later point, if require something new to run the product, so I learn that quickly and I implement that. All right. So, you know, you mentioned kind of solo founders and you, you, you talk to a lot of kind of, you know, for example, Y Combinator is very big on, ha- big on having co-founders and a lot of uh, kind of people in the startup space are quite big on, you know, you should have a co-founder that kind of meshes with you quite well. What is your view on that? Would you say that because of the high pace of, the, uh, you know, micro startups, it's not fitting? Would you say that generally you're not a big fan of uh, kind of having a co-founder? What's your view on that? No, no, I'm, I'm really, uh, really like the idea to for go big, but it's depend on the, you know, uh, I don't want to be, do that thing because I'm really bad with the team, you know, managing the team. So now uh, I'm liking the idea of being co-founder. I'm also looking for a co-founder for NoCode API because it's growing a lot. Like it's, I have a 17,000 customers and, and there's a lot of things. So I'm following that pattern now. So I already told you micro startup becomes big things. Mm-hmm. You have to start from uh, something small, Mike. So, so yeah, so yeah. pursue basically a, a co- like it, if it makes sense, then pursue co-founder like a little later stage. Once you have a few users, yeah, uh, yeah. something makes sense there. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I think that makes sense, uh, and I think a lot of people do kind of just like I, I spoke to a lot of people who are like get a co-founder first, and then they want to figure out the product and all of that later. And personally, I'm more you know like I, ideas come and go. But you, it's quite hard to find someone who isn't going to be very dynamic and willing to go through one idea to the next very quickly 
while still being the right fit to be a co-founder with you on each of those products. So I, I am actually inclined to agree with you on your perspective of, you know, uh, start start the idea. Then if it's kind of working, you can find the right kind of co-founder uh, for you. So I think, uh, you know, with that, uh, is there anything that you kind of view as uh, the kind of big pitfall of choosing to go this way as opposed to uh, the alternatives? Uh, so like, I just want to add that, uh, you know, if you find a uh, co-founder in a starting, so I see some cases that the co-founder works better when if your friend, your co-founder is working since in school time, in college time, work together, and after that you start something, thing. So finding a co-founder that have a same vision is really hard. And so the co-founder, sometimes, you know, if you, you have a vision and you're working hard for the idea, but the other person is not giving the value and not giving that kind of support, so you will not demotivate. You got distracted that why he's not doing so. So if you can do solo in starting, just do solo and when things become big so with automatically pe uh, people join you oh yeah it's really good it's really a good idea so if you find a good friend who really support you just then it's really good to have a co-founder in starting and after that you know when you go big so it's really hard to you know have a good same vision and this call it trust factor if you have some trust the bonding with your co-founder so then you should have in college time, in school time, find, I also suggest my uh, brother, my, you know, in school that just find some good friends, work together and start something like that. Yeah. So I just have one last question uh, before we end this off. And that is, how did you get into, uh, you know, starting a startup in the first place? Was it something you've been interested in the past? Was it that something kind of came up as you were, uh, you know, you kind of had an idea for a product and then you chose to pursue startups? What, you know, what was that kind of pivotal moment for you when you decided, okay, this is what I want to do? So the idea all are come when you in the market, when you on the social media, when you, you know, talk with the people, when you be in the communities and when you watch the people, the problem they are facing, when uh, I, sometimes I also face some issues, a problem, okay, there should be some automated, there should be a solution for that. So idea come from there. So it's not about a predefined thing. Okay, uh, I uh, I was also used to work on uh, lots of good stuff in my college time. So I had uh, uh, that uh, that I will just I will not work nine to five. I will have my own company. So from there, I I always try to do something you know interesting, and that is really help me in solve a problem. I just focus on a particular problem to solve it in 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 in, in a lazy way. All right. Uh, that's sounds interesting. I definitely, you know, the way Tatak and the one week MVP sounds like it's really boiling it down to the core. So that's definitely something for people to try. Micro startups, I think, you know, like, you know, with my current company that's not really fitting for a micro startup with the size of our team. But I think, you know, maybe down the line, I, it's something I'm actually would be interested in trying. Uh, with that, so I definitely think there's been a lot of interesting takeaways here. So thank you for uh, very much for coming on. And uh, is, you know, do you want to plug your socials? Do you want to refer people to no-code API? Any kind of final message to head off with? Yeah, uh, uh, first of all, thanks, uh, Alison, for inviting me. This could be like, you know, my first live podcast, and I don't know. And uh, I'm mostly active on Twitter, so you can find me on with my MD Danish Yusuf. And uh, you can also check out the website, my no-code and you can find me from there as well as. 
All right. Well, thank you very much. And I hope you guys enjoyed watching or listening if you're listening to this podcast after the live stream. I hope you have a lovely day. Bye. Uh, thanks, Edison. Bye.